Welcome to the LFC Podcast, where our mission is to make, deploy, and multiply mature and equipped Christ followers. We're grateful for this opportunity to bring you a message of hope, healing, and life transformation today. Enjoy the message. Last Sunday, we, uh, Pastor Christian just brought fire last Sunday, and uh, the the topic or the, the the title to this series, if you will, short series, is just called Real Love, and we want to continue on in that that same fashion today. So I, I got my partner in crime here with me, right? You ready to roll? So listen, recently we had the opportunity to travel to Springfield, Missouri, um, to be a part of what the Assemblies of God were calling a soft launch of the World Prayer Center. And can I tell you, it was awesome, and hopefully we can charter a, a Buckeye charter to, to go there sometime this year. But we, we love going to Springfield because that's where we met. That's where Lori met the love of her life. I mean, it was just fantastic, right? Wasn't it? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Uh, our first apartment, we drove past there. Our first apartment was there, and... But the greatest part is a little restaurant called Mexican Villa, and it has to be the right one on National Avenue. And I'll tell you what, we ate there three days in a row. Every we day just, that we, we were just, there, we ate there. Yeah, we ate there yeah, three, every day. Every day that we were there, we <laughs> ate there three days in a row. And, but we always get a little bit sentimental when we travel that long road on I-70, um, especially going through St. Louis, because that's where I grew up. That's, that's my stomping grounds. How many know when you go back, you get a little sentimental? And so uh, we took a short detour um, through to Springfield, and we stopped at a little bitty town called Hartford, Illinois. Now, no one has ever probably heard of that, but you have heard of the Wood River Pipeline. Around here, well, the Wood River pipeline that is here ends at Wood River there, right? And so that's where I grew up. I went to Wood River First Assembly of God Church, and so it was all there. And it, the smell there is just wonderful, right? As, as you can as you can imagine. And so we took a, a quick stop off to the cemetery, and we paid our respects to my my my. <laughs> there's Dan Gallagher. Um, paid my respects. To, uh, Natalie just gave him a she yeah, she's like, will you stop it? Um, so we just paid our respects to my, my, my grandparents, Billy and Wanda Hendricks, and standing there, and you know, you, you're, you just re- you remember, and you just pay respects, and um, as tears are streaming down my face, you, it, that doesn't last too long, because, and here's what's going to sound really odd to you, um, it's just funny. It's just funny, and it's funny because of their tombstone. My grandfather, is a, he is a funny cat, and he wanted on their tombstone, he wanted a picture of a boat and a picture of a plane. Well, my grandmother, she was a classy gal, right? She was a classy gal, and she pointed her finger at Bill. Bill, that is not going to be on our tombstone. You are not going to do that. Well, how many know Grandma... She passed away first. <laughs> and so I'm standing there, and tears are streaming down my face, and remembering all the good times. And you look down, and there's a picture of a tugboat and an airplane just blasted right on that tombstone. Grandpa Bill, he was so funny. And he actually died just a few days before my mom 
past. And so it was this season of our life that was, was crazy. So they, um, I mean, it was maybe 10 or 11 days of each other. So a lot of grief and sadness, but we made it through. We got through with Jesus. We're still making it through. And it wasn't too many months later that I went to Dayton to check on my dad. And he had made an appointment for us to go pick out my mother's tombstone, her gravestone. Now, that's not my idea of the perfect daddy-daughter date, but I went because he wanted me to go with him. And I, I don't know what I expected when we went, um, but it, the technology is so amazing that on this huge screen, they can put anything. So they put the tombstone. We got to pick the the beautiful color of it, the font of it, and they had my name, my mother's name on it, and all that information, and the next thing I know, the guy's typing in, and on the other side of my mom's name is my dad's name, and it hit me really hard. Now I'm seeing both of my parents' names on this gravestone, and it shook me for a minute, but then I realized that if the Lord tarries, my dad will be under that tombstone. And I couldn't help but think that my mom and dad were committed to each other, always and forever, till death do them part. And it became bittersweet. But you know, there's a trend now amongst young people. We do a lot of premarital counseling. We do a lot of weddings. And there's this trend that these couples are writing their own vows. And, and I think that's fantastic, and they do a beautiful job, and often they'll write about how they met, and what makes me, what, how you make me laugh, and they're really creative and wonderful, but I'm not a huge fan, and here's why. Because nine times out of ten, they don't write vows that say to love and to cherish, to honor in sickness and in health till death do us part. So with that in mind, isn't that great? We're yeah, talking about tombstones it. today, right? Is, <laughs> is that, is that, does it make you feel great? Well, listen, today we're going to look at Abraham and Sarah, and they are a prime example of what we're going to be talking about, real love, because their marriage was solid. They were, they were literally in it to win it. And because God was their foundation, they got through anything and everything together. And it, it, there's a perfect example of this in, in Psalm 127.1, and it says this, that unless the Lord, everybody say, unless the Lord does it. Unless the Lord does unless it. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders actually labor in vain. In other words, we're, we're striving together. We're praying together. We're, we're dreaming together. We are doing the Lord's will together. We're raising kids together. I think you kind of get the, the thing, uh, what we're going here. We're building a house, right? We're doing life. All right, it's, so it's important. It's, we're talking about a couple that is in love. It's, it's a spiritual union, but it's together. And Abraham and Sarah, their spiritual union was remarkable. And we talk a lot about Abraham, but guys, it was actually Sarah who gave birth to the promise. He could not have done it without her. She was his help 
meet, not just help mate, help meet until she died at the age of 127. Now listen, I think most guys, we, we think that we're going we're gonna to pass away first. And it's probably because we do stupid stuff. Right? All the ladies in the house say, okay? And that's why a lot of ladies buy insurance policies, right? Because usually men pass away first. But in this case, Sarah, she died first, and it, it shocked Abraham. We're going to pick up their story in Genesis chapter 23. Sarah died in Hebron, and Abraham wept over her. He mourned her. He grieved her. We don't know how long this went on, this period of grieving, but he finally realized that he needed to bury her. And so he approached the Hittites in order to buy a burial site. Verse 6 says, Sir, listen to us. You are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of tombs. None of us will refuse you his tomb for burying your dead. Those were the the Hittites were saying that to Abraham. Now, Abraham was moved by their kindness, but he couldn't take their offer. He didn't receive their offer of giving him a burial site. You know why? He had a particular place in mind. He didn't just want any place. He had a particular place, and his heart was set on that place. And it was a destination, if you will. He had that place in mind, and it belonged to Ephron the Hittite. But even Ephron said to Abraham, honestly, you don't have to buy it. I want to gift it to you. And in verse 11, Abraham said, no, my Lord, listen to me. I give you the field and I give you the cave that is in it. I give it to you in the presence of the people. Bury your dead. And Abraham bowed down before the people of the land and he said to Ephron in their hearing, listen to me, if you will. I will pay the price. Can you say pay the price? I will pay the price. Accept it from me so I can bury my dead there. Ephron told Abraham the worth of the field, but again reiterated that he wanted to give it to him as a gift. But Abraham paid the price, and it was the full market value. He didn't try to negotiate. He didn't try to get a lesser, a a good deal on it. He paid the full market value. So Ephron's field in Machpelah near Mambre, Both the field and the cave in it was deeded to Abraham, and he buried his wife, Sarah, in the cave. The cave of Machpelah, it's where Abraham and Sarah are buried. It's where their son Isaac and his wife, Rebekah, are buried. It's where his grandson, Jacob, and his wife, Leah, are buried. Abraham had made up his mind that he wanted that place in particular, and he paid the full price for it. As a matter of fact, this cave of Machpelah, it's one of the holy places in Judaism today. Still today, 
The number one most holy place is the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. But the number two, the second most holy place is the cave of Machpelah. Now track with me. That word, Machpelah, means doubled, multiplied, or twofold. So the literal translation would be cave of the double. And it's interesting that it contains couples. Married couples were buried in this cave. And here's what's interesting. At this same location, even today, 300,000 people visit there every single year. They, they go there. They, they teach their children there. They have ceremonies there. They dedicate their families there. And all kinds of things are done at that place because it is considered the ultimate place that you can reach in a couple's relationship. Abraham and Sarah were like a power couple. I mean, we're not talking, uh, you know, Miley and Liam here. We are talking, they were a for reals power couple. But their life together wasn't always great. It wasn't peachy keen. As a matter of fact, they had trouble. They had real trouble in their marriage because they were real people with real problems. Abraham lied. Not once, but twice. He said that, that's not my wife. That's my sister. There's a problem, right? And, and Sarah, she wanted a baby so badly that she gave Abraham her maidservant to sleep with, to, to try to have a child. And, and he did it. And he did it. Can you imagine the drama that caused? And we laugh about that, but the real pain and the real rejection and the real jealousy and bitterness that came with it. And finally, when God promised Sarah a child, do you know what she did? She laughed. I mean, this couple had some trouble. They had problems, but they didn't let it get them. They didn't let it break them up. They made it through. They went all the way to the cave of Machpelah. In other words, what we're trying to say is that we're in this together. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, whatever happens, whatever life throws our way, we will not divide and we will not be torn asunder. Here's the cool thing. This burial plot, this cave was so big that one scholar said it was large enough to hold all the original children of Israel. All of them, all of them could have been buried in this cave. And yet we know that only three generations made it. Only three generations made it to the cave, and I wonder today, do we really realize as godly families, as godly marriages, do we understand the example, the legacy that we can leave to our children and to our grandchildren? We have the power to impact generations, generations. It's always so thrilling to hear and to know of families that have a legacy of marriages that last. 
You know, mom and dad made it, grandparents made it, great-grandparents perhaps, but that is simply not always the case. It's just not. And I think part of the reason is that the world has made it sound so easy to give up. They've made it sound so easy to divorce because somebody else will make you happier. And you know what? The kids will be fine. They'll be all right. There's terms used in in divorce like alternative dispute resolution. Doesn't that sound nice? Or collaborative law. Like you're going to come together nicely and collaborate on the issues at hand. Equitable distribution makes things nice and easy. But that's just not the case, it's is not. it? not. Nope. Are y'all tracking with us today? I can't tell. Is everybody awake? Just, just track with us here today. You see, there is a tearing. And it destroys and it devastates. It decimates cousins and aunts and uncles and families and loved ones. It's, it's death and betrayal and it's rejection like no other. How many know that real things happen to real people, right? It just ain't all nice in, in all television shows and all that all the time. And in 30 years of full-time ministry, we've walked with many people and seen and, and walked through horrific things that have happened that the enemy has simply used to steal, kill, and ultimately destroy. We know what it's like for the doorbell to ring at 11 o'clock at night and open the door to only have a young lady, a young wife fall into our foyer, fall into our entryway, still in her pajamas, a wet head of hair because she just realized and just found out that their husband of over 10 years was actively engaged in other relations with many, many people. We know what it's like to get a call for help when uh, a woman whose husband of 45 years admitted to having a three-year affair with someone half of his age. He was absolutely so humiliated and racked with shame that he didn't want anyone, didn't want anyone to, be, to find him. He didn't want to be found. And I personally drove around in the middle of the night all over the city trying to locate him. We know what it's like to get a text message from a 12-year-old boy whose father, who was a, and I love these worldly terms, a functioning alcoholic. Come on, someone talk to me in the house. He left the house in a rage and wouldn't respond to anyone's phone calls. And this 12-year-old was literally begging us to help find his dad in the middle of the night. So once again, I drove around blindly all over the city trying to find this dad. We know what it's like to hold a broken man as he sobbed when he realized that his wife was having a text affair with the father of one of their daughter's best friends. And we've counseled and we've cried and we've wept and we've held and we've prayed for people so bound up in bitterness and resentment. We've literally begged people. We've begged those who stepped outside the bonds of marriage. We've pleaded with them 
change your behavior, but they've been unwilling. There's times when stone cold, hard in the heart will not, will not budge. Don't want to be accountable, let alone just asking for forgiveness. We've seen it where wives who literally had bald spots because of the stress of their husband's addictions was calling their, causing their hair to fall out. We've watched a marriage end whose two-year-old died suddenly, and they were simply not able to get through the grief, unable to even allow each other to mourn in their own way. And so as a result, their marriage died as well. Many people, friends, I hope you're tracking with us here today. Many people who have been devastated by infidelity and addiction and illness and gambling and accidents. That's what the enemy wants to do to your marriage and to your home. Listen, divorce only takes one. But marriage, listen, it takes two. Both of you are going to have to have a made up mind that no no matter what it takes, we are going to journey on until we make it to the cave. But here's the good news. We've also seen God heal couples. We've seen couples who are committed and when they realize and they're sorry and they repent, that they go at it for healing, they say in sickness and in health, till death do us part. We're gonna keep our eyes on Jesus. We did some things, we made some horrific mistakes, but God got a hold of us and we have repented and we're gonna put in the hard work. Listen, I say hard work. I'm talking about accountability. I'm talking about counseling. I'm talking about prayer and intercession. I'm talking about letting that pride go and taking the time to invest in healing. And we've seen couples do it. And we're telling you today that God can heal, that God can restore, that God can fix, and he can bring back. If you will fight for what's left. Listen, your enemy, the enemy has attacked your family perhaps, and you feel like there's no way, but remember, it's not perfect families that make it to the cave of Machpelah. It's families that have been broken, that have been through hell, but by the grace of God, they determined to fight for what was left. And you know what God did with that? Do you want to know what he did with that? He gave them the grace. He gave them the grace to recover it all. Abraham and Sarah, they made it. Jacob and Leah, they made it. None of them were perfect. Read your Bible. Isaac lusted. Abraham lied. And Jacob was a deceiver. So when God says, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, he is saying, I am the God of lusters, liars, and deceivers. Because this is what he says, give it all to me. Give me all the lies. Give me all the lust. Give me all the deceit. That is why I sent my son Jesus to the cross. I gave my son to pay that price for you. I gave Jesus to heal and restore. The grace I have reaches to the highest heights, the deepest depths, and the widest widths. God can heal what is broken. And he can turn it into a blessing. 
maybe you're here today and it's important that you hear me on this and you say, what's done is done. I've been through divorce. I come from a family of divorce. We know what that is. It's painful. Some of you are married to individuals who don't love you. They don't love your kids. And they certainly don't love God enough to fight or to keep your marriage alive. Here's what you gotta know. God loves people who've been divorced. He loves people who come from a family of divorce. He loves them as much as he loves people who are married and have stayed married. Your marriage may not have been healed, but God can heal you. That's right. He can make all things new. So friends, what we're trying to say is this. It takes hard work. How many know it takes hard work? right? It takes God. It takes him. And listen, it matters how you treat each other. It matters how you treat each other. Are you kind? Are you a jerk? Let's just be real. Are you loving? Do you cherish and treasure your spouse? Guys, listen, is she your priority? Gals, does he know that you respect him and honor him? Listen, I want to get to the end of my life and find out that my wife doesn't even want to be in the cave with me. <laughs> I want her to respect me and to, to love me. I want my children, I want my, my grandchildren to love and honor me. And we see this in 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 7. It says this, husbands, in the same way, be considerate. Everybody say considerate. As, as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Listen, in the season, in the temperature that we are living in in our society, this hacks people off right here. This makes people mad. But, men, we're, we're to give honor to women as the weaker vessel. Now, listen. That is not a put down. It's just simply a biological fact. Unless you're married to Ronda Rousey. Right? Uh, on average, listen, on average, baseline muscle mass in men is 36% greater than in women. We're, we're stronger and should, I wouldn't clap about that, right? We're, we're, we're teetering right now. We're seeing where this is going to go, right? We're, we're stronger and we should have more energy. Why? Because God has called us to protect and to provide. Use that strength. Use that energy, men, and man up. Now listen, she may make more money than you do, but that's not what we're talking about here. 
I'm saying that the burden of provision, man of God, falls upon you. Protect your wife at all costs. Protect your family at all costs. Listen, Abraham, he bought a cave. He paid full market value and he provided a place for his wife and his family to be laid to rest. Now listen, at home, I'm the dishwasher. I'm the dishwasher. I, I do the laundry at our house. I do. But don't get me wrong. My wife works her tail off here at the church and at home. But I help Listen to me. This is all going to come full circle. I help because I want her to rest. But listen, forget the cave of Machpelah. Some guys spend more time in our man cave, not even lifting one finger because you're out there doing your own thing. And all the ladies in the house say, mm-hmm. Protection is more than just keeping the bad guys away, though. It's protecting the spirit of your wife, the atmosphere in your home, protecting that. If you will give her the love that she needs, I assure you, she will give you the respect that you need. Ephesians 5.33, it's pretty clear, actually. It says, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Wives, do you want to be loved and cherished? Then we must respect our husbands. Abraham did by the cave. He provided and he protected. But Sarah, she submitted. She respected him. And she honored him. What does that even look like? We are of a generation that is saying he has to earn your respect. If he doesn't deserve it, don't give it to him. But the Bible says absolutely the opposite. We're actually commanded to respect our husbands. So that means we're grateful I appreciate you doing the dishes and the laundry. I really do. <laughs> I, I mean that. I'm not, being, I'm not being silly. We say thank you to our husbands. We welcome them home, or when we see them, they get our attention. We're not fussing like drippy faucets. Ladies, are you willing to pay the price, the, the price of our pride? Are you willing to pay the full market value for your marriage? Thank you so much for tuning in to the message. If you desire to grow deeper in your faith, we want to help you. Text the word GROW to 419-495-6802. You can also stay up to date on everything coming up by checking out limafirst.church and hitting the events tab. Lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future LFC content. We'll see you next time.